Nick, do you want to tell us about Ruth? Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me what Ruth is all about? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Ryan. Yeah. What are we playing today, bro? I feel like jamming out. What are we playing today? Yeah. Oh, we're going to do... Give me do... some music, bro. Oh, uh, boys around here. There's some boys I feel like jamming out right here. now because it's super early. Play me something, bro. Oh, you put me on the spot. Play me something, baby. Talking about girls and talking about trucks. What is this? I'm not striving in my own strength. Hey. I'm striving in yours. I'm not trying to find my own strength. I'm walking that course. Bible diggers. I'm not thinking about my own friends. Thinking about yours. With you, my steps are safe. Good morning, everybody. As always. I'm Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark, and this is Bible Dingers. Yep. Uh, usually, we would open the show with fake news or real news, as most of our loyal fans would know that. But oh. today, yeah, all of our loyal, None all of our loyal fans. fans, you fake. But fans. today, we're gonna do something a little bit different. We're gonna start opening the show with something Bible entertaining, dingers. and we're gonna break some fake news or real news in the middle of the show. Ooh. Finally, something entertaining. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. I was like, how could we open the show? And I know I didn't prepare you guys or anything, so it's all on the spot. On the spot. Always. So I have an icebreaker today, and I'm going to say, would you rather? That's the name of the Ooh. Oh, icebreaker. is this like a sleepover game? Yeah, pretty much. But it's a Bible sleepover game. Ooh. How you doing? How you doing? Bible sleepover game. Okay. So if you think about while you're reading scripture... Like, oh man, I would really like to meet these guys, right? So I have a couple of would you rather scenarios mm. that okay. I think would be intriguing to intriguing. think about, right? So would you rather meet the Apostle Paul or John the Baptist? I'd be scared to meet either of them. I mean, come on, you have an opportunity to meet one or the other. Which one? I'm scared to talk to my own pastors. Well, that's you, bro. You All right, this isn't that. therapy, Ryan. You gotta pray about that, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be too anxious to talk to any to either of them. Oh my goodness! All right, you. Uh, is this Paul or John the Baptist? That's a tough one. Are <laughs> right, you want me to give you another one? No, wait. I have to answer this. I'm gonna say Paul. Mm, you okay. Would. You would. Okay. That, well, okay. You didn't even answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. You would act like you don't have anxiety socially. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, come on. This is like a a major I mean, opportunity here. Meeting them. I might go with Paul only because like he's Paul, you know? Mm. Both of them would probably be kooks in person. Kooks. Well, I mean kooks for Christ, but Ooh, what do you think they would kook? Thing. You know, they're just like you know, people who are on fire for Christ. Oh, yeah. that's what they call it? Kooks for Christ. I thought you meant like people in the kitchen. Anyway, would you rather yeah. meet Abraham or Moses? <laughs> Definitely Moses. I'm yeah. a Moses guy. Yeah. Why was that? I don't know. Because I like the Prince of Egypt, I guess. Sure. <laughs> so, that's some, so how was it split in the sea? Yeah. You know? I might go with Abraham, though. Why? Only because he's like earlier in time and he could probably tell me stuff about like Adam and stuff. He can clear up the whole dispensation yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. What, what did God mean? Up right now. <laughs> what did God mean with your covenant? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? These are tough ones. Uh, I feel like Abraham. Abraham? You know, not to point any fingers, I think he's more important. 
Whoa. Ooh. Just drop the more important thing. I got huh? two more, and we'll we'll go through this quick. King David or King Solomon? David. Why? Because he's King David. That's true, but Solomon, like... He's super wise. He's the wisest man yeah. to ever live. I, would, I think I would go with Solomon. Uh, I like Proverbs. All right, one more. Judas or Pontius Pilate? Pontius Pilate. Any day of the week. You don't like Judes? <sighs> I like Judes. Well, who does? <laughs> I mean, no, I would really like to sit Judas down and like... Or just ask him. Put him on Bible dingers. Why he did what he did. What's yeah. going on in there? So, uh, yay. All right, what were you thinking? I think buddy? we know why he did what he did. But I would like to hear from him. Put him on the show. Imagine the hits we would get. Bible dingers featuring, featuring Judas Iscariot. People <laughs> <laughs> be like, what? I suppose you're right. Anyway, today's episode is about the book of Ruth. We're about to dive in. But before we do that, I think Ryan wants to jam out a little bit. No side. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Mark, who are we talking about today? Uh, Ruth. Ruthie. Ruthie. Oh. Oh, oh, pre-pause, pre-pause. I should Would Ruth do that? <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ruth. She was, she was pre-pausal. <laughs> As opposed to menopausal? <laughs> well, yeah, that was the insinuation, but uh, I was but I didn't want to say menopausal. Uh, so Ruth. <laughs> That's so funny. Ryan, you're so funny. No. Nick, you're so funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yes. Good morning, Dingers. Today we're talking about the book of Ruth. But before we dive into the outline, let's hit on a couple of points. First of all, the book is named after the main character, Ruth. It is the first two books of the Bible named after a woman. It's the first of two books. The first of two books. The other being Esther. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact is that Ruth was a Gentile woman who married a Jewish man. And she helped maintain the line of the Messiah. As opposed to Esther, she was a Jewish woman and she married a Gentile man and helped preserve the line of the Messiah. Mm. We're going to dive into those points a little bit later. Um, And also Ruth, she's mentioned by name 12 times in the book. She isn't named again in the Old Testament, but she is named once in the New Testament when we read the genealogy of Jesus. Want to hit on another one? Another fun fact, Ryan? Um, I'm ready to have fun. Sure. It is with a fun fact, bro. It's not so fun, but speaking of the name of Ruth, um, her name's Moabite, but after she moved to Israel, it became popular among Jewish people and now now among Christians as well, Mm. consequently. That's not heresy? No. We don't like the Moabites. Well, now we do. Okay. We don't exactly know what it means, Ruth, but it could mean friendship, comfort, or refreshment, hmm. which I could go for right now. The the story is actually kind of refreshing mm-hmm. to read about a such a you know an amazing woman. While you're reading it, you're like, I wonder if she's writing it, right? I wonder if she's the one writing the story. Mm-hmm. But like a weird fact is, we actually really don't know who wrote it. But Jewish tradition 
attribute authorship to Samuel. Hmm. And that's a good option. Um, it's possible that Samuel, who anointed David to be king, wrote Ruth in order to validate David's claim on the throne. Ruth was David's great-grandma. Possibly. Possibly. Interesting. <clears throat> it was likely that it wasn't written before David was anointed as king because he is mentioned in the last few verses of the book in a short genealogy. And we'll talk more about that towards the end of the outline. Unless it was written earlier and there were add-ins later on. That's another possibility. It could have also been written during Solomon's time when he reigned as king because it was a tradition spoken of in chapter 4, verse 7 that had apparently died by the time of the writing. Mm. Um, but scholars say that this practice has likely died off by the time of Solomon. However, Solomon was not mentioned in the genealogy at the end of the book. So that kind of, you know, cancels out that option. But no matter who wrote it, it's definitely inspired by God. And it's definitely an errant scripture, nonetheless. And it gives us an important genealogy and an important example um, to a woman named Ruth. I think I know a fun fact about this book. Hit me. Uh, don't they not mention God too often? You're thinking of or Esther. Or at all? Esther. Oh, Esther. Yeah. Okay. They do mention God and Ruth. Mm -hmm. So that is the title, and that is also the not author and not date of writing because we're not too sure. Sick. But you can get an idea. It could have been written during David's reign as king. Mm -hmm. So next we're going to go over the date of the events in the book of Ruth. Ruth took place when the judges ruled. And you see that in the first verse. It says that uh, it was when the judges ruled. It's difficult to say exactly when during this time she lived, but there are a couple options. The first is if the genealogy is complete and closed at the end of the book, you can backdate it from David's life. So basically the last verse of, of the book of Ruth um, has a really short genealogy that links up Ruth with King David. And if that's a closed genealogy, meaning that these are the exact, um, how would you say it? Every single generation. Consecutive, yes. Every single generation, then you can backdate it from David's life. However, people do think that some genealogies in the Bible are something called open genealogies, mm -hmm. which means that the genealogy just kind of hits the most important people in the line or the ones that are most famous, I guess you could say. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say important. But yeah, so the first the first option is that if it's complete at the end of the book, you can backdate it from David's life, and it's widely agreed upon when David's life was, and it was from around 1041 to 971 BC. And if you estimate the age in which everyone in the genealogy had their child, you would get the date around 1100 BC, and that would place the events around the time of Samson, Ya boy. Oof. So that's the first possible date of the events. Mm. The second one is that um, you see that the events in Ruth surround a famine that drove Ruth out of her hometown. And, and you see that in the first few verses of the book. Some people think that the famine described in Ruth, um, some people link it to the lack of food that's described in Judges chapter 6, verses 3 through 4. Through four. Um just those couple of verses mentioned that there was a lack of food in the land. What judge was during that time? Oh, you will find out shortly. Oh. 
Um, that would place the events during the time of Gideon, if it was uh, in Judges chapter 6. Gideon up! Uh, and that was sometime between 1180 and 1140 BC. Uh, the only problem with this view, though, is that um, the food shortage described in Judges chapter 6 is because of invasions by the Midianites. It doesn't say that there was a famine. Mm. Uh, it says that the Midianites invaded and that there was a food shortage because of their invasion. So the book of Ruth says that it was a famine and that's why there was no food in the land. The third possibility is that the events took place around the time of Deborah. And I don't know why that is a view. I'm going to be honest here. It's women power. That could be. But yeah, I don't really have the uh, the why behind the the hmm. view there. And if you do, shoot us an email. So then, why is that a theory? Where they? Where they? Well, I don't know because I don't have the why. But then, who says that? (laughs) Who thinks that's a Um, theory? A commentary that I was reading on Ruth. Okay. Mm. So if you know why, hit us up at BibleThingers at gmail dot com. If not, it's not too important. It's fine. We can move on. Funny, like why say it at all if there's no reason? Yeah. Well, I guess because I'm an idiot. No, I'm not saying. (laughs) No, you're commentator. Are you doing? Not very good. Okay. Mark just called me an idiot. That's not what Oof. I said. Are you doing? Not very good. <laughs> uh, so the problem with dating Ruth using the genealogy at the end of the book is that, honestly, I think this is likely an open genealogy. Boaz is mentioned as the son of Salmon in four genealogies in the Bible. Mm, salmon. <laughs> I like Salmon. You son of a Salmon. So he came from the fish. That's what they were saying. Well, no, I think this that was just the guy's name. I think it's saying he is a fish. <laughs> I think that's where like people get the belief so Ruth from merman, you know, like mermans. Yeah. Well, there's unicorns in the Bible, right? Yeah. Oh, Weird Verse Wednesday. Weird Verse Wednesday. Weird Verse Wednesday alert. Weird Verse Wednesday. Weird. Oh, you Weird Verse Wednesday. We need a soundbite for Weird Verse Wednesday. Yeah, we totally do. Weird. <laughs> yeah, that might be a good one. That's it. Weird. You could just you could just take that and yeah. add it to the soundboard. Anyway, last right. week we spoke about unicorns in the Bible as to whether or not they existed. So shout out to that. Check out that blog. Shout out to that blog post. Where you at blog post? So <laughs> <laughs> funny, Mark. So like I was saying, I think there is probably a problem with dating Ruth using the genealogy at the end of the book. With dating Ruth? <laughs> you guys aren't going to let me get this out, are you? There's a huge problem dating Ruth. <coughs> Even though there would be no problem. She's Ruth fantastic. seems awesome. Yeah, she seems pretty cool. She seems like well, cool broad. She's also married, so careful. <laughs> that. Yeah, that Boaz. With your Boaz. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one, bro. Anyways. <laughs> You don't want to date Ruth using the genealogy at the end of the book uh, because I honestly feel like that's probably an open genealogy. And like I was saying before, Boaz is mentioned as the son of Salmon in four genealogies in the Bible. Salmon was the husband of Rahab from the book of Joshua, who was an adult during the conquest of Jericho. It's all clicking. So Salmon married to Rahab, Rahab adult. During conquest of Jericho, adulterer in whoa, in the book of Joshua. Okay, so the conquest of Jericho began around 1406 BC. 
If the genealogy at the end of Ruth was a closed genealogy, then Boaz, Obed, and Jesse would have would have spanned about 360 years with their lives, um, which seems a bit unlikely. For, um, for being post-flood. Right, exactly. And we know David was born around 1040 BC. That's how we get those 360 years. Mm. Um, so yeah, it seems a little bit unlikely that three generations lasted 360 years. Keep in mind, that's like more time than the United States has been a country. Ooh. Hmm. So uh, the genealogy at the end of Ruth is likely an open one. Bible dingers. All right, fun facts. You guys ready to have some fun? Yeah, I've been ready. Are you ready to have some fun? Fun with a PH? <laughs> fun. So the first fun fact. Pew, pew, pew. The Jewish Bible originally had the book of Ruth attached to the book of Judges. Okay. Like, like we do. Because yeah. it goes Joshua Judges root. However, <laughs> it has since been moved to the end of Proverbs in the Jewish Bible. In the mm. Jewish Bible. Correct. Which sandwiches the book of Ruth between Proverbs 31 and Song of Solomon. Uh, it's a sandwich. That makes sense. Yeah. So you have Proverbs 31, which describes what a godly, a godly, godly woman, woman is like. Yep. And then it's followed up by two examples of amazing godly women. Mm. Mm. Ruth and then mm. the woman in Song of Solomon. Mm. Pretty legit, right? Mm. Was that fun enough? That was fun. Because we got two more. I don't know if I'm ready. Are you ready to have some more fun? Okay. <laughs> so the second fun fact is that the time of the judges is a dark time full of disobedience and idolatry. Even the judges themselves have serious character flaws that we should not emulate. However, in strong contrast to the leaders in the book of Judges, who were oftentimes very flawed and full of sin, we have these two totally regular people in the book of Ruth that are pictures of someone we should emulate. The humility and love of Ruth and the compassion of Boaz are excellent qualities. Mm. <clears throat> and you don't really see a whole lot wrong with these two. You know, a lot of times the Bible will you know, give you character flaws yeah. so that you're not idolizing people. But there's really not a whole lot that you see about no. Ruth and Boaz. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool that in the middle of all this, you know, darkness and idolatry, the leaders, the judges are also like terrible examples. You have these just like two totally normal people mm. that we can look up to as an example. What I like the most about this book is that in this misogynistic time, the Bible would use a woman as an example where like most people wouldn't look to women for leadership, you know, but in this case, in the Old Testament, you look at a woman as a character to emulate in your life today, which you I know, think is pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. same argument is used for the empty tomb about uh, oh, yeah. the women being the first witnesses of that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Whereas normally no one would ever take that seriously, but there's a reason, there's most likely a reason why that's written down as history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God loves women. Look at that. All right. Who would have thought? Fun fact number three. Somebody's got to. I'm just kidding. We love women. I have a wife yeah. and a daughter and a mom and a sister. Oh, wow. And I've watched Oprah before. And Ruth. I don't yeah, love Ruth. I, I do you like Ruth? I don't love Oprah. No. You Oprah. don't love Oprah? No. What about Orpa? You mean her real name? No, Orpah's in the book of Ruth. Oh, yeah. That's the mother-in-law. Mm. Which, by the way, man, like Ruth has a great 
relationship with, with her, her mother-in-law. mother-in-law. Dude, I don't like my mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope she's not listening to this. I mean, I like my mother-in-law, <laughs> she but... She wouldn't listen to anything about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oh, man. I like Whoa. my mother-in-law, but I could see where the issue will come up in marriage. But in this case, yeah. they were like best friends. Yeah. She said, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. That's a song. Where, yeah. What you pray, I'll pray. Yeah. That last part is the only part of the song. Yeah. Shout out to Misty Edwards. Oh, no. Kim Walker. I don't know. Kim Walker. That wasn't Kim where Walker. Where you go, I'll yeah. go. Where you go, I'll go. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Walker. Elmo. Anyways, the third fun fact, the third and final. Jewish people read the book of Ruth once a year on the Feast of Pentecost, during the Feast of Pentecost, because... This is uh, when Ruth's betrothal occurred in the book hmm. during the harvest. Interesting. So it's like fall time. And when you say they read it, is that like with their families or is it in the synagogue? Yes. The synagogue. All right. So the synagogue with families. Oh. Those are some fun facts. Now we have a general purpose of the book of Ruth. And general purpose. One purpose is to validate David's claim on the throne of Israel because we see the genealogy at the end. And it lines us up perfectly with the throne of David. Um, A greater purpose, though, can be taught about God's providence. It reminds us that God is always caring and providing for his people, even in times when we don't see it. Um, And another overarching purpose can be God's desire to redeem his people, as seen through Boaz, as a type of Christ. What's a type? A type of Christ is someone who saves you, right? He, um, He kind of... He saved Ruth um, in a time when she desperately needed it, the same way Christ saved us at a time that we desperately needed it. So it's like a picture. It's like a picture. It's an example of Christ. Isn't he called Redeemer in the book? Yeah, he's actually called a kinsman Redeemer, which I love that I I really want to talk about because I've been been really wanting to talk about this on one of our Weird Verse Wednesdays, but we never got around to it because we have so many good Weird Verses to talk about. But it's the perfect opportunity to bring that topic up. It's mentioned several times in the Book of Ruth, and it's an overarching narrative of the story. But we ask ourselves, what is a kinsman redeemer? This is not the first time that we see an idea of of this person, right? Um, it's just not called that at before this point. But now we know that it was a principle that the people of Israel adopted. The idea came from Leviticus twenty-five. So the general idea is essentially when a man died without having a son and his wife, with his wife, he has a wife and he dies, the brother of the dead man was supposed to marry the widow in order to provide for her and take care of her. So it's pretty much like a favor for his brother. Yeah. So if, if you die, God forbid, so let's say I'm your kinsman redeemer, I'll marry your wife, not in a disrespectful way because a lot of people say, how can the Bible teach that disrespect? So it was like an honor thing. It was an honorable thing to do. Mm-hmm. My brother's my brother died. I want to take care of his wife and his family and provide a son, right? Well, otherwise, so, um, well, during that time, widows were like social outcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, that too. So this was a way to actually redeem widows. Yeah, exactly. At, at a time that was the opposite, right? Yeah. So then the woman would go down the line of her late husband's relatives until she was redeemed by one of them. Mm. So it wasn't like any specific brother that would 
take the lead. It would be whoever would want to take the honor of redeeming his brother. Yeah, she started with like the closest first, and they didn't have to say yes. It yeah. wasn't like a law. Um, they didn't have to take care of her, and then she would go like, first she go to the first brother, and then she'd go to the cousin, and then she'd go to mm-hmm. you know, and just like go down the line from closest to furthest relative, until somebody was like, yeah, I'll take care of you. Yeah, it was basically to. This this served multiple purposes. It was obviously to take care of her because, like you said, they were like social outcasts. They weren't respected anymore. They were like a widow, right? But you want to now redeem them and give them a life and help them out. Another part of it was because they wanted to take care of their brother or their family members. You know, they wanted to keep their, their line alive. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, also, so in this case, Boaz like we talked about before redeeming ruth is a beautiful picture of jesus redeeming us when we were poor and empty because of our sin so jesus steps in and takes the burden upon himself the same way boaz stepped in and took the burden of her life on himself so boaz and ruth were both in the lineage of jesus Mm. um so before so before we get into the outline I want to have some fun, and then we're going to dive into the content, oh, fun. the content of the book. We're having a lot of fun this fun episode. With Breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. This is how we usually start the show. Oh, uh, I saw Tori Kelly on uh, a few weeks ago. Ooh, breaking news! Fake? No, no that's fake. Fake? Nuh-uh. Tori Kells. She was sick. I got some real. She was sick. Real breaking oh, news. Oh, she was guys. sick. What did she have, do you think? Uh, Bieber fever. <laughs> She's not alone. You got Bieber fever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Biebs goes to... Uh, uh, oh, well, I'm not going to say we're going to Oh, yeah, he did Reckless Love cover. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, he was at Justin church. Bieber. He was at church like three weeks ago. No surprise there. All right, anyway. So, you guys ready for this? Everybody missed my, my crazy fact. What? That he was at church with me like three weeks ago. Oh, was it? Oh, you yeah. said that so quietly. Yeah. You sit next to him? No, but the girls were like fangirling. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was his wife there? I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> but my friends from church told me he was there. Oh. You said he was at church with you. Well, he in was... Spirit. Well, went, I was there spiritually. Yeah, in spirit. No, I don't go to... You don't know what church I go to. I'm anonymous. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I go to church in New Jersey. Anyway, we got some breaking news for you. You guys ready for this? Yeah. This is a fan favorite, so we got to make sure we deliver the segment in a way that'll stump them. The fans won't stop texting me. Yeah, I know, bro. <laughs> Where's real news, fake news? I got I got a bunch of fan mail at home from my daughters. <laughs> Dude, they're loving it, bro. Yeah. Like, fake news or real news? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do it. Kanye West to bring his Sunday service gospel concert to Coachella for Easter. Dope. Coachella's on Easter? Fake news or uh, It's going news. on right now. So it's going to last until next Sunday? I th- I guess so. I don't know about that. I don't really care that much about it. Mm. But Kanye West is a character. He does a lot of crazy stuff. I keep seeing this video of him like with a gospel choir, like getting down. What's that all about? Have all you guys right. seen that? No. He had like this big group and a gospel choir and he's like on the keys and he's like getting down. Kanye plays <laughs> keys? Well, he's a, he's a uh, producer. Huh. Hmm. So likely, yeah. So is this fake news or real news? He's 
Wait, read it one more time. I'd say real news. Kanye West to bring his Sunday service gospel concert to Coachella for Easter. Yeah, that's probably yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. If he's just gonna play gospel music at Coachella, yeah, from his church. Yeah. Uh, real news. I don't know how legitimate the news is because it's not like he's teaching the gospel. Mm. Because exactly. somewhere in this article, it talks about how the Kardashian family were like. Yeah, we don't really have a name for it because it's more of a healing experience. Mm. You know, it's Christians, but we don't really mention scripture or the Bible at all. Hmm. But it what just, at their church or his no, service? No, it's, it's it's the service. Yeah, at this service. So it's a Christian, despite the absence of God's word. That's what Kardashian West's older sister, Courtney Kardashian, said. They could have just said Courtney Kardashian in the article. Everybody would know who she was. I don't know who that is. But they were like. It's Christian, despite the absence of God's word. Huh. And uh, then it just has a lot of gospel songs. Wait, so does he, does he talk about Jesus and stuff? Um, it doesn't really doesn't say. It, I mean, and are they saying like... It's a space where people feel safe and free from the judgment of others in attendance. So I highly doubt he would be mentioning Jesus if he wants everyone to feel well, safe. Well, he could just like only <clears throat> focus on Jesus's love, which people do. I don't know. I feel like the culture is changing, honestly. So it just says there's music, there's no sermon. It's definitely something he believes in, Jesus, and there's a Christian vibe, but there's no preaching. It's just a very spiritual Christian experience. I so get I don't, that. I don't know what that actually means. That's if, what what if, I was going to say is I think maybe they're just saying that there's no preaching when they say there's no word of God. That could be just like a synonym with preaching. So it says everyone that comes understands just a really... It's a really healing experience with an amazing choir and amazing messages about love to start off your week. So if any of our listeners actually experience what this is, um, you know, write us on social media at Bible Dingers or hit us up at Bible Dingers at gmail.com. Tell us what this is all about. I don't know if he's well, really like, preaching Jesus. Maybe it's original songs or if not, then there's a higher chance that. I mean, I'm intrigued. Jesus Walks is probably the closest thing he's ever had to a positive song, and it wasn't really positive, so. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be used. I don't know if it, if if the intentions are there to preach gospel. It could potentially be used. Like think, God can um, use anything, but. I know he's going through a big change. Kanye West is a little, I have a hard time seeing him submit to Jesus with how egotistical mm. he is. Like. That's Without Jesus. thinking he is Jesus? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. and Bro, his name is Jesus, bro. That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> but hey, if if your experience is great, good for you. Write us out, you know, write us on email and let us know what it's all about. Did you say Nicodemus was a Pharisee? Yeah. You mean, the, wasn't he a scientist? No, I'm thinking of someone else. Nikola Tesla, maybe? That's no, Bill, um, Bill Copernicus. Or oh, yeah, uh, Copernicus. Yeah. yeah. No, Nicodemus. So yeah. What's he from? I forget him. What does he do? The Bible. He's um he's the one who went to Jesus at night and was like, What must I do to oh. be saved? And Jesus was like, You must be born, born again. again. Oh, and, and he's, he's like, What am I gonna climb into my mom Bible. again? Yeah. Breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. Well yeah, we got more breaking news. We got more breaking news. It's breaking right now. As we speak. Remember from BBDN. I'm bringing it back to our first episode. It's a throwback Sunday. Throwback Ooh. Sunday. Throwback Sunday. <laughs> 13-year-old boy surprises his single mom with a car. What? 
Is this fake news or real news? 13-year-old boy is not allowed to buy a car <laughs> from a car dealer. I mean, maybe he bought one off of Craigslist. I don't know. Fake news or real news? It sounds fake. That's so general, though. Like, yeah. Where's the twist about, and he said the gospel? Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is a headline, dude. I'm going to go with real news. Yeah, why not? Oh, no, no. Fake. Because the last one where you were like, oh, Guy Ross Bank and SpongeBob. I'm sure that happened, but you claim to have made it up. So I'm going to say fake news. Boomsy. So this is fake news? 100%. All right. Same fake? Yeah, fake. Nah. <laughs> So this story is really, really, really awesome. So I'm not going to go in and read it, but just to give you a brief overview. A 13-year-old. A 13-year-old boy saw his mom going through a rough patch (laughs) in her life. Obviously, she's a single mom, and she didn't have a car. Obviously. So he (laughs) found a woman selling a cheap 1999 Chevrolet Metro on Facebook. Never even heard of that. And reached out. So he asked her, would there be any way for him to trade in his Xbox or work so that he can earn the car for his mom who did not have a car? At first, the lady said no. And eventually, I guess she got convicted and said, sure, and gave the car. What, to them for the Xbox or for no? I, I, it doesn't say. It doesn't <laughs> say what. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say what he what what he Johnny eventually gave her. But I'm going to give the lady the benefit of the doubt and and, and maybe you know assume she just gave him the car. Yeah, I don't know, but it doesn't say that. So it was fake because you said the 13 year old bought a car for his mom. No, the headline was real. The headline was definitely real. Oh, I see. Surprises his mom, his single mom with a car. He did. She, she left the house and the car was right there. And he's like, Mom, this is for you. Surprise. Can you imagine that? I'm getting mad deja vu right now. Well, we, we My do son get... never does that. <laughs> it's probably because you have that voice. <laughs> mad deja vu, No, bro. being a mom. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the outline of Ruth. You want to? Root. 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 I love Root. All right, so... Ruth is a very short book. It is only four chapters, and you can break the four chapters down into three parts. The first part is the problem, and that's chapter one. And then you have the plan, that's chapter two and three. And then you have the provision, and that's chapter four. Breach. Three Ps. P-P-P. So the problem in chapter one... How you doing? Is that um, there was a famine and everybody die, and that was in verses one through five, and well, not every, not everybody, just the husbands. Yeah, everybody's husbands dies, uh, and then Naomi was the mother-in-law to Ruth and Orpa, mm. and she was not able to provide for them, and so you kind of see a splitting between Ruth and Orpa. Ruth decides to stay with Naomi mm-hmm. because Naomi's going to go back to the land of Israel. And Orpah decides to go back to her people and her gods is what the book of Ruth says. Mm. So you see that all the way up until verse like 21 that talks about the split. And then in verse 22, you see the move from Moab to Bethlehem. Yeah, I mean, Ruth did stay with Naomi for her faith in God, but also because she genuinely loved Naomi. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, so that was the problem, and that's in chapter one. Then there's the plan in chapters two and three, and that's broken up into two plans, I would say. The first is the plan to obtain food, and that's in chapter two. And the second is to obtain rest, and that's chapter three. And that's basically just your basic life needs that they needed. And so they're making a plan for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan to obtain food in chapter two consists of Naomi telling Ruth to go glean from Boaz because she knew, Naomi knew Boaz. She knew that Boaz was a relative. Um, so glean. Can you, can, yeah, I was just about to say that. Can you clarify what glean means? Because we see it in scripture, but yes. what does it mean? Gleaning is a law that was that basically said whenever you had a field, whenever you owned a field and your workers or you or whoever was going out to harvest the food from the field, if anything fell out of your basket or if you missed anything or anything like that, you had to leave it behind for people that were needy. And the people that were needy would come behind you and they would pick up food from your field basically. Mm. So that was a law that was put in place to take care of the needy people. Um, and so Naomi told Ruth, go glean after Boaz because she knew who Boaz was. And that's in verses one through seven. And then he wound up being generous to her because she saw how much he loved Naomi, right? How, 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 how much she's done for Naomi. Yeah. 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 Boaz clearly saw that Ruth loved Naomi. And so he ended up being generous towards Ruth and providing kind of extra for her. He like instructed his workers or whatever, make sure you leave extra for Ruth. And because of that, Naomi ended up being blessed. Um, and that's in verses 17 through 23, because Ruth brought home all this food from Boaz's field. Mm. Um, and so that kind of leads us into chapter three. And so Naomi's kind of here seeing what kind of man Boaz is. And she's like, hey, Ruth, you should probably lock this in. You know, like yeah. you should marry this guy. So she kind of sets up a plan for Ruth. Hey, this is what you do. This is how you swoon him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's in verses 1 through 5. Um, And then verses 6 through 13 is what you could say is Ruth's quote-unquote proposal. Proposal, yeah. Um, When you read it for the first time, it's like, what is this chick doing? Yeah. But basically, um, Ruth goes to Boaz's house and she climbs up onto the foot of his bed. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like a custom at the time because the older men, if, if you were an older man, you didn't propose to a younger woman. Yeah. Um, and Ruth was younger than Boaz. And so laying at Boaz's feet was kind of the custom in that day for a woman to quote unquote propose to an older man, basically saying that I want to be your wife. Um, and it's kind of similar to men now getting down on their knee. It's just like an act, yeah. like a physical act of saying, I want to marry you. So That's he was like, sleeping and he woke up and she was at his feet. Yeah. Essentially. And was like, whoa, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. So yeah. how much of a custom was that? Like if he wasn't aware of what she was doing, like that's, that's what I was thinking when I was reading it. Uh, maybe someone else is thinking What do you mean? That. Maybe he was like just surprised it's... to wake up to that. Hmm. Maybe. So, like, in a thousand years, they're going to be laughing at people or men getting on one knee. Yeah, they're going to be like, what are you doing? That's true. That's true. So, there was another redeemer in line that Ruth was supposed to approach before approaching Boaz. Like we mentioned before, you kind of went from the closest relative and started moving further out. Boaz was, like, second in line. Um, 
so Boaz had to settle things with this other kinsman redeemer before he could marry Ruth. Mm. He had to like make sure this other guy doesn't want to marry her first because he's the first in line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in chapter four, which is the provision or the third part yeah. of the book. And then in verses 14 through 18, then Ruth returns to Naomi, right? Um, but now we are at the provision in chapter four. And I was really excited to to use this soundbite. That's where Boaz tookie tookie roots as his wife. Oh my God. <laughs> he he tookie your roots. <laughs> he tookie tookie Ruth as his wife. Oh, no, man. come oh, on, baby. That was brutal. Bro. How you doing? Wait, let's do it again. <laughs> Ruth has a wife. He has a wife. You know. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> Can't even sit in this room anymore. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Dingers, I got something for you right now. You ready? <laughs> so this is where Boaz speaks with his current in line to redeem Ruth, as Ryan mentioned before, and secures the right to... Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> he took, he took, he Ruth as his wife. Ruth? Uh, (laughs) I marry you, Rus. He said, Rusev, will you marry me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Dingers, did you laugh or no? No, no, come on. Did you laugh? Oh, my God. So I always have the soundbite on the board, and Ryan hates it. I hate it. This is a perfect opportunity to just. Oh my god! <laughs> so we're at chapter four, obviously, and and they get married, and then in verses thirteen through seventeen, Boaz marries Ruth, and they have a son. A son. And this sets you up. For chapters, I mean, for uh, verses 18 through 21, where we see the line of David. Oh, they have David. They mm. do. Indirectly. Oh. And here we see genealogies just set up at the end of the book. Boom, boom, boom. And then, boom, we're set oh. up for David. Boom, son, boom, for son, first boom, Samuel. son. <laughs> first and second Samuel is the next episode. And that lines you up. That was such a quick ending. <laughs> that lines you up with. The There's line a genealogy. Of David. The next episode is. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because the line of David is mm. given to you at the end of Ruth. The and line. then the first and second Samuel is about his life. So. Mm. Oh, Samuel. Kind of Saul. Samuel mm. was their son. Saul and stuff? Sam? Uh, Sam? No. Who was their son? Um. Well. It depends on your view of open and closed genealogies. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus was their son. It could have been Obed. Who knows? Gotcha. Anyways. Tune in next time. Oh, anyways. Anyway, that was the book of Ruth. As always, we hope you're just not listening to our episode, but we hope, especially four short short chapters we hope you're opening your bibles and reading it and and following the outline that we're giving you so that you could really absorb the text absorb it baby marinate yourself in this text osmosis it put the bible under your pillow at night and you'll absorb it Mm. with osmosis Mm. sounds delicious anyway Mm. 
get on social media, guys. Hit us up at Bible Dingers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And while you're there, just give me the likes. Don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Hit subscribe. Hit like. Hit follow. Don't treat it like any other page. This page is important. We're doing important things. And we can't wait for our next episode. Is this Justin Bieber? Bible Dingers. Bible Dingers.